Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au We're going to get stuck into the Word. Pastor Joe is over in Canada. We did a bit of a tag team. Me and Luke were there, or Luke and I were there about two weeks ago, and uh, he's now sweltering in the heat. They've got a heat wave going on over there. It was really hot. It was a couple of days of 33 degrees. I'm not kidding you. On the news in Canada, I promise you, on the news, it said a heat wave, two, two days, 33 degrees each day. On the news, they had a doctor on there saying how to survive the heat. I'm not kidding you. It was a classic thing. Me and Luke were cracking up laughing. But the other extreme is uh, real as well, where they laugh at us because we're currently going through winter. You know, we're all like rugged up in 10 degrees. Apparently when it reaches one degree there, they're all out in t-shirts. And I don't believe it, but apparently it's true. Uh, It's good to be back home though. Love Australia. This is home. It is the best country in the world. Amen. Yeah, we love it. Uh, well, we're going to get stuck into the Word. Before I do that, I just want to give a little bit of a plug to our youth program because I'm still there loving it with the young people. Any live youthians here somewhere? Yes, that's good. So we've just kind of gone through a bit of a new structure. We've um, implemented a, a new kind of plan, new way of running things where we've got high school age um, program on a Friday night and young adults, so 18 and over. And I encourage you, if you've got some children um, within the high school age, starting from year seven to year 12, even sometimes we have events for year sixes, um, that information will be provided on a Sunday when we're doing those events coming up. But really want to uh, challenge you to bring your kid along, bring your a child along, just say, listen, you need to be a part of that youth program because they develop godly friendships, godly relationships and connections that are going to last for a lifetime. And that starts on a Friday night at 7 p.m. every Friday night. Um, and the Young Adults Program, so 18 and over, it's, it's a program that's tailored to, uh, you know, uh, more of an 18 and over uh, age group and where we study the Word of God, we get stuck into the Word and um, we had a great discussion on Friday night and we just encourage you to, uh, whichever program you fit into, if you're new here, come along, um, put your name down, we've got an information, it's called Youth Booth outside, try to say that 10 times, Youth Booth, um, it's outside there, uh, there's going to be a couple of youth guys out there and we just encourage you, go there, get some information, come along. Um, you know, it can be a really challenging and difficult time in high school years, and we want to uh, ultimately get our children closer to God, to see them raise up, to be a Joshua generation, amen, to really fulfill the promises of God for their life. So that's the plug for youth. I really encourage you, get along to that. Uh, Revelation chapter 2, let's get stuck into the Word. Don't have a lot of time here. Revelation chapter 2. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. 
I know your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Let's just pray together. Father God, we come before you today and we ask that you'd reveal yourself to us. Lord, those people that are hurting, that are broken here this morning, would you just speak to them, restore them, make them whole, Lord God, by your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for what you're going to do, for how you're going to speak to us here this morning. Use me, God. Use this word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of my message here this morning is about lost love. It's about losing our love for God. And the question is, are we losing our love for God, church? Is our love for Jesus just dependent on His providence, dependent on when He gives us stuff or fulfills His promises in our life? Or are we experiencing true intimacy with the Father? Are we experiencing a true, deep relationship with God? Is it reality in our lives or is it just something that we do mundane, religiously on a Sunday morning when we come to church? And and I'm sure a lot of us here experience that true intimacy with the Father, but maybe there's some today where we're just losing that love that we first had for God. And Jesus writes to the church of Ephesus and says, look, you're doing a lot of great things. You're doing great work for me. You're persevering. You're hating that which is wicked, which I don't like either. You know, you're doing a lot of works, but this, there's a problem there. You've lost the love you had at first. And um, I wonder if that's what Jesus is saying to us here today. Maybe that's what God is trying to speak into our lives here. Hey, you're doing a great thing. You're following me. You're serving in the church. You come in the church on a Sunday. But maybe we've just lost that love, lost that passion for Jesus. And I just want to encourage us here to get back on that road to intimacy, not to give up all the things that we're doing, being you know, uh, occupied for the kingdom and serving and, and doing great things for him, but reconnecting with God on that road to intimacy. Intimacy with the Father is what we were created for, church. And um, there are things that can get in the way. There are barriers to intimacy with God. And, and here's a few of them that I've just listed down, but there are many more. One of them is busyness. Like I've just been saying, it's things that we keep busy for the kingdom. We're doing a lot of things, but we're not being our most impactful. We're not having the most impact because there's a lack of intimacy with God. Maybe we're busy in our own kingdom, in our own career, our own family life. I, I think all of us are just going through life just at 100 miles an hour, just you know, struggling because we're so busy and occupied and we're missing out on what we're created for and that is intimacy with the Father. And this is a barrier that can get in the way. 
I believe this can be an actual scheme from the enemy. It's actually a scheme where the enemy is just trying to keep us occupied and busy and busy running around in a rat race and not focusing on Jesus, not focusing on a relationship with God. All those things are great. Everything we do in life, God has created for us to live with good things and serve in the house and at, at, at home, build a great family and build our careers. But if it's not with intimacy with God, then we've missed the mark. The other one is boredom. I know this sounds a bit weird, but we actually can get bored. Some of you are probably bored in your seat right now. And, you know, there's actually a condition that psychologists are coming up with. And it's called, well, they're not coming up with it. They're researching it. And it's called anhedonia. I've preached on this before. And what anhedonia is, is this condition which doesn't make us feel pleasure. So it's whatever that gets in the way of feeling pleasure in, in certain areas. And every time we're addicted to our phones, our screens, maybe it's another addiction that uh, we have in our life or we're filling our lives with everything, um, you know, when we try and feel that pleasure in certain areas, it's actually being blocked. And this boredom is coming, uh, coming into our lives where we sit here and we don't even feel the presence of God anymore. We're wondering what it is and it's everything that's happening in our mind. The addiction things that we have, it's just getting in front of us and we're not feeling the presence of God. And the third one is pride. Pride is placing our wealth worth in ourselves. It's our achievements. It's our self-righteousness instead of the worth God places upon us. Thinking that we don't need God. This is something that gets in the way of our intimacy with the Father. It's something that gets in the way of our intimacy with God. Relationships where we think, no, nah, I don't need God right now. I don't, I've got it all together. And, and pride is within all of us. It's within our fallen nature and it's something that we all have to deal with. But if we can overcome that barrier, we will experience true intimacy with God. And here's the first thing I want to just mention is that God desires a relationship with you. He desires, see, from the very start, from the very beginning in the Word of God, in Genesis, we see that, you know, God commanded all these things into being. Let there be light. Let the land produce living creatures. Let the water under the sky be gathered. And these were all commands from God. God is creating all these things as a command out of His, out of his mouth. But you see, this is the greatest thing. When we were created, when He moved to us, when He came to create us, it moved from a command to affection. Check this out in Genesis 1.26. God said, let us make mankind in our image. You see, He was going, let there be light, you know, make the animals, make the land, do this, do that. He's commanding it out of His mouth. But when He came to us, He consulted with the Holy Spirit and the Son. See, there was intimacy in heaven for eternity. They're just loving each other. There's intimacy, true intimacy, true love that was in heaven already. And He turned to the Holy Spirit and the Son and He said, let us out of our intimacy, make mankind. Let us make them 
in our own image. Isn't that amazing, church, that God made us from perfect intimacy so that we can live in intimacy with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You see, we're not created by some cosmic bang, by some accident that that's just happening and we're just living our life going along. But God has created us for a purpose and He's created us from love so that we can live in love with Him. Can I hear an amen, church? Come on. He has created us from love, intimacy with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit so we could be intimate with Him. It's a beautiful thing that in the beginning, the Almighty God, He was creating these vast oceans, abundance of land. You know, He was creating the climate. He was creating millions of creatures and stars and everything in the galaxies. He was creating light and then He stops. He stops for a moment and He puts a little bit more thought into His next creation. We were destined here out of intimacy. We were here to be intimate with God. And if we don't have that relationship with God, if we're not living in that intimacy with God, then we're missing the point of why we were created. That's why so many people go through life feeling empty, feeling this void, feeling like there's a lack of purpose. Why do I always miss the mark? What is it about me? It's not just about you. It's about every single person on this planet, 7 billion people that were created for intimacy with the Father. If we don't have that relationship, we will always feel like we're missing the mark because it's not us that we can do anything to try and achieve God's, uh, uh, the relationship, but it's that God loved us first and that, that's why we have a relationship with Him. You see, we think trying to get to God is a lot like Coyote and Roadrunner. Anybody remember who, who remembers? Yeah, the Looney Tunes. They were great cartoons. The Coyote and Roadrunner. You know, you you remember the Coyote, and he's trying to chase after God, the Roadrunner. Right? He's just trying to get to him. He's doing anything. I've got a few plans up here that uh, he used to try and do. You know, I love this. Carry the anvil out onto tight wire. Drop anvil on Roadrunner. Roadrunner burger. You know, he's just like he's he's legit. He knows what he wants. The next one is a classic too. You know, Roadrunner lifts glass of water, pulling up match. Match scratches on matchbox. Match lights fuse to TNT. Boom! Ha <laughs> ha! Like he's just he he's just trying to get that Roadrunner. He's doing whatever. Like there's like fifty plans, hundreds of plans that he's got, and every time. He would try just to jump through hoops just to get this roadrunner. He would try and get him, but he couldn't. He couldn't get this guy because, and, and a lot of times this is like us. A lot of times we think to get to God, it's like this. We need to devise a plan. We need to come to church on a Sunday, tick that box. We need to, you know, read the Bible throughout the week, do all of this. All of that stuff is great, but that's not how we get to God. You see, what we need to understand is that God is desiring a relationship with us first. We don't chase after God, but God is seeking after us. Jeremiah uh, 29 verses 13. This is a beautiful scripture. You will seek me. And find me when you seek me with all your heart. 
I will be found by you, declares the Lord. God is not playing some kind of hide-and-seek game up with us in heaven. He's not trying to hide from us, but He is longing to have a relationship with you. You don't need to jump through all these hoops. You don't need to devise a plan. Oh, I don't feel the presence of God. I haven't read my Bible this week. That's why I feel so far from God. No, God is running after you, church, and He showed it by sending His Son to die upon a cross. And what I want to challenge you here this morning is don't try and just tick all the boxes and be religious and try and find God here and find God at that conference and go here. No, God is here in this place this morning and He's searching for you. He's knocking at the door of your heart. Just let Him in. All we need to do, church, is surrender our lives, surrender what we are, surrender who we are to Him, and He will come in and change us. Amen. He will give us a life of abundance, a real life. So what we know is that God created us out of intimacy. And what we know is that God wants to be found. He desires relationship with us. And there are these barriers to intimacy that we need to overcome, that we need to be aware of. And if we're not aware of in our life, they can get in the way of that intimacy between us and the Father. How do we get back on the road to intimacy with the Father? And this is really what I want to bring home today is how do we get back onto that road? How, like some of us might be just wavering on that road where, you know, we sometimes think we've got a relationship and maybe we're not. We're here with God and the next day we're here and, and we're so inconsistent. But how do we get on that consistent relationship, that intimacy with the Father where we know God, where we love God, where we worship the Father? And that's my first point here. How do we get back is point number one, just know the Father. Just know who God is. It's quite simple, church, that we need to trust in who God is and not what He's done. We need to trust, we need to thank God for the opportunity just to know Him. Not for what He can give us, amen? You see... There's Moses in the, in the Bible. We see him in Exodus and, you know, he has this burning bush encounter. We know the story where, you know, God shows up in the middle of the desert and he shows up to Moses in this burn, burning bush and he reveals himself to Moses. See, Moses knew who God was, but the people of God were still relying on his miracles. God says to Moses, he says, do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. God said to Moses in verse 14, I am who I am. And this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. You see, God had revealed himself uh, to Moses. He revealed himself to Moses. Moses then and there knew who God was. Moses knew who God was personally. He knew God's character. He knew that God loved him. He knew that God wanted to save his people. He didn't know the ending yet. They were in captivity. 
in slavery. They were in captivity to the Egyptians. He didn't know that God was about to do a miracle in their lives. But Moses trusted in who God was. He trusted in the character of God. And sometimes, church, we need to come, not sometimes, but all the time, we need to trust in who God is, that He is a good God, that He is a faithful Father. We trust in you, God, even before I see the ending, even before I see my marriage restored, even before I see those finances come in, even before I see my business being successful, that relationship being restored, or that depression being rid of in my heart. I trust in who God is, that He is a good and faithful Father, and not that I see the ending yet, but I trust that He will make a way in my life, church. Come on. When we know the Father, that is when we have true intimacy with Him. So Moses goes back to save the Israelites and they are surrounded by a a sea of water in front of them and an Egyptian army behind them. The people start freaking out, not knowing how they were going to get through this. They had heard about God. The people had heard about God, but they didn't know him. Moses did know God. He knew he would save his people. And so the seas were parted and God saved them there. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses' servant. But what happened after that? They were stuck in the desert. Did they trust in God? We know the story. They didn't. They started grumbling. We don't have any food. We don't have any water. Once again, Moses knew who God was. The people didn't know their father yet. Moses knew the character of God. And he said, if he's done it before, he will do it again because I trust in who God is and not that he's parted the Red Sea, but I trust that he is a good God. We've got to stop treating God like he's a genie church. Where we come to God and we, you know, make three wishes and, you know, the genie like says, yeah, okay, what do you need? Yep, cool, bang, it's done. And then we have no relationship, there's no connection. As soon as we get what we want, we're done with God. It's like we forget about God, don't we? My daughter Zoe came to me the other day. She's so beautiful. She comes up and she's like, Dad, I love you. And I'm like, oh, that's so beautiful. But in my mind, I knew something's up here. (laughs) She wants something. And then she asked for something. I can't even remember what it was. It was a lolly or something. And she got it. She ran away. And then, you know, it's like she forgot that she loved me. I'm sure she does still love me. But, you know, that's how we approach God sometimes. Like, God, I love you. And I need this in my life. And he gives it to us. And we're just, yeah, cool. I'm like a little child. Run away. And we forget about him. Where God just desires intimacy with us every single day of our lives. In the, in the valleys, He desires intimacy. On the mountain, He desires intimacy. And the way we get back on that road, church, is by knowing the Father, knowing who He is, that He is good, He is faithful, He is loving, He is compassionate, He is kind. Everything about our God is good. He is not evil like the media try and portray Him to be. But I know my God will see me through this, this tough time or I know my God will continue to provide for me while I'm on this mountain because I know my Father. He's a good God. How do we get back on that road to intimacy? It's just by a knowledge of who God is. 
Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. Many of you will say to, this is Matthew chapter 7, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles. And then I would declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. It was, I heard this great illustration once where we can rock up to the, the White House, right? And the security guards are there and we'll be like, hey, uh, let me in. I, I know the president. I know him. Yeah, oh, Donald. How you going, mate? Donald, it's me. It's Chris. He's going to be like, I don't know this guy. You know, like, he's going to be like, he doesn't know me. Get him away. Because we can know God. But do we have that relationship? Do we have that intimacy with him? When we get to heaven and we're going to be, I know my child. I know Chris. I know him. That's the intimacy that God wants with us here this morning. If you feel like you're off that track, that, that relationship, that intimacy with the Father, just get to know who God is. And that takes time, church. It does take reading the Bible, coming to church and praying. I know that sounds like the opposite of what I said before, but when we do it out of a desire to know who God is, things will begin to change in our life. And that intimacy with the Father will grow. Number two is love the Father. It's easy. Say it with me. Know the Father. Now say it with me. Know the Father. And point number two is love the Father. And it's easy. See, 1 John 4, this is a beautiful scripture. Who does, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. To have intimacy with God is to have an agape love. And we've heard this word before, agape love. It is God's love. But it's not just uh, God loving us sometime. It's who God is. God is love. It's the very nature of God. God can't be anything else but love. Isn't that incredible, church, that when we feel like God is up there kind of angry with us or He's, you know, disappointed with us, we need to understand and turn to the Scripture and say, God is love. He loves me unconditionally. Do we let Him down at times? Yes, but what does God say? I love you, child. Turn from what you're doing, but I love you. I want a relationship with you. God is agape. To experience real relationship with God is to experience real love. It's agape. It's not a distorted view of love that is portrayed in our media, in our world. It's not the love you see on The Bachelor. Amen. Whew. Ruffled, some ruffled some feathers there, didn't I? Uh, <laughs> That's not, that's not real love. Real love is, is God. 1 Corinthians 13, we read this scripture at weddings. You know, the little kid comes up and is like, love is patient, love is kind. But let's really understand what this scripture is saying for a second. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain, 
gain nothing. And here it is. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Here's what I want us to understand here. Here's a little exercise that someone did with us once and, and it just stuck with me. Replace love there with your name. Chris is patient. Chris is kind. Chris does not envy. Chris does not boast. Chris is, I can't even finish that because that does not sound right. I feel bad. I feel like, no, God's going to smite me or something because I'm not that all the time, am I? We're not always like this, but when we have intimacy with God, God's love should be oozing out of us. It should be something that people recognize instantly. There is something different about this person because Chris is patient. Wow, he is kind. Man, he didn't uh, record that wrong that I did. He forgave me. What is that? It's God's love. It's not my love, but it's God's love living through us. When we are intimate with the Father, we will love Him and His his love will be in us and we won't just be a change to our lives, but to people around us. And if we're not loving others, then we know that the love of the Father is not in us. Once we understand how much God truly loves us and that it's because He loves us that we can show agape, only then can we love Him. He loves us so that we can love Him. Don't try and chase after God like a coyote. Just know that he loves you. Rest in the love of God this morning, church. I know this may sound simple and we've heard about the love of God so much. But listen, some of us are running. I can't find you, God. Where are you? My relationship with you is struggling. I don't feel the presence of God. Just know. Know the Father and know that he loves you. He loves you. And that as we experience that agape love, the problems in our life of the world start to make sense. Because we understand that we're just passing by this world. And our ultimate purpose is to have intimacy with the Father for eternity. How good is that day going to be, church, where we spend eternity with the Father? Oh. The lastly, is we need to worship the Father. We need to worship God as we are. We need to boo. We need to boo. We need to be who we are before the Father. God doesn't want an imitation of ourselves. He doesn't want an imitation version. He doesn't want Diet Coke or Coke Zero. He wants the real thing. Amen. Any Coca-Cola drinkers out there? Amen. If only it was healthy. But you know, He wants the real thing in your life. He doesn't want an imitation version. Because when he gets the real thing, when he gets the real me, the real person worshipping him and it's authentic, man, that's when we experience ultimate intimacy with the Father. And the greatest example that I can give you is in, uh, in the Bible. It's the example of the parable of the two lost sons in Luke chapter 15. And it's the younger brother. We know the story. There's the younger brother. Having intimacy with a father. And what does he do? He says, hey, younger brother. Well, I'm the younger brother here. That's the older brother. So just picture this. But it's good because he gets stuck into the older brother in a second. So there's the younger brother. And what does he do? He's, he 
asked for his inheritance early and he says, yeah, I know intimacy with you is good, but I just want to go experience other things, right? So he asked for his inheritance early and what does he do? He goes into the world, he lives it up, he parties hard, he gets everything, possessions, pleasures, everything. But then what happens? He loses it all, he squanders his wealth and everything's gone and now he's eating with the pigs. And what does he think of? He just thinks of intimacy with his father. He remembers, if only I could just just be with him. And in verse 17 of Luke 15, it says, When he came to his senses... You see, he was not living as he should be. He was not living in reality. He thought that a life away from the Father, living it up in the the world, would satisfy the need inside of him, would satisfy those desires. But it never did. It couldn't. He ended up eating with the pigs. When all was lost, he came to his senses. You see, God, relationship with God is ultimate reality. Anything apart from that, we're messing up. We're missing the point. Life doesn't make sense. Psychologists can't work it out. Education system can't work it out. The politicians can't work it out. The Bible can. Anything apart from God does not make sense. And what the younger brother did, he was living below himself. Reality with God, he was living below himself in the world apart from God chasing his own desires which we all have a tendency of doing and what was this who was this intended for Jesus is saying that all of us have sinned fallen short all of us were a younger brother at one stage and what happens he comes back into intimacy with the father the father embraces him so the, the younger brother was living below himself. And then we come back and we see the older brother. And this is actually what the parable was in, who was it written for, was spoken about to the, to the Pharisees. Jesus was talking about the older brother. Sorry, Ben. So the story of the younger brother shows us that salvation is possible as lost people seek after the Father and are saved by grace. You see, that image of repentance and longing for God shows us that what we need to do, what we need to do is run back to the Father. But the story of the older brother is to show us what not to do. The story continues on and says that the younger brother comes back into relationship with his father who throws a massive party and celebration for him. What's that party? It's a representation of heaven, of eternity with us and God. What happens to the older brother? The older brother finds out about this. And we read in verse 28, The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, Come back. The older brother had been living such a good life. The older brother had been in intimacy with God. Well, he had been in the presence of the father. But as soon as this party came along, He didn't know the Father. He didn't have that intimacy with God. He knew the Scriptures. He knew the songs. He came to church. He he served in church. He did everything with the Father, but he didn't know Him. And when that party date came around, he said, I'm done. And the Father pleaded with him, please, I want intimacy with Him. I want intimacy with you. 
the older brother was living above himself. He wasn't worshipping God as he was, as he should have been in ultimate reality with God. He was trying to live above himself. When we try to live out a Christian life with our own good works, our own self-righteousness, church, we're just as bad as the younger brother. We miss the mark. We need to understand that when we come into a relationship with the Father, it's because we know who He is and that we know that He loves us and that we're not trying to live above ourselves. We're not trying to live below ourselves, but I'm just coming to you, God, just as I am, how you created me to be. Worship the Father as you were created to be, church. Don't miss the mark but living below yourself. Don't search for God or don't search for pleasures or that desires to be fulfilled in the world. It can never last. It will never last. The world and its desires will pass away. But if we do the will of God, that will last forever. Don't live below yourself, but live in that reality, that relationship with God, that perfect intimacy with the Father. How do we get back on that road to intimacy? Just know the Father. Just love the Father and worship Him in every area of our life. And one of the ways we express our worship with God is right now. So I just encourage you, can you just stand with me, church? I know time has gone. We're just going to worship for a few moments with this song and I just encourage you to join in can you just use this as a moment I know what I've said there's there's a lot in there but can you just use this a moment to maybe you're living above yourself maybe you're trying to get to God a bit of a coyote you're trying to chase after that roadrunner, ticking all the boxes the religious boxes but you're missing out on intimacy with the Father I, I just challenge you today would you just come back into that intimacy and worship him as you are maybe you're living below yourself not as you were created to be but chasing after desires into this world would you worship him as you are and i promise you god will reveal himself to you so just as we sing come on would you worship him just as you are